Welcome to the She's Illuminated podcast with me, Ellie Loves. I'm a breathwork healer and advocate for women, not just finding their voice, but using it. Through the breath, I help people get unstuck and get energized to heal the most important relationship you have with yourself. Sometimes all it takes is a conversation or an idea to light the touch paper and begin the process. This podcast is an invitation to get curious, inspired, and become the most authentic, fearless, expressed version of you. So come on, let's get illuminated. So welcome, and this week I'm talking to Kerry Bainborough, human design reader based in Cape Town. You've probably heard of human design, but if you haven't, this conversation is going to give you such a great insight. Human design brings together the principles of the I Ching, astrology, Kabbalah, the Hindu Brahmin chakra system, and quantum physics. The human design chart, also called a body graph, is calculated using your birth date, time, and place. And what it does is reveals your own genetic design. So in short, it's a system that explains how you are built and how you best respond to the world. Kerry has worked with hundreds of clients all around the world and has helped give them alignment or or help them to live in alignment, should I say, with their own unique human design and energetic gifts. And she trained with the renowned uh, Jenna Zoe as well in the States. So she's got a real gift for being able to structure some of the complex conceptions into layman's terms, which makes her really popular with her clients from all ages and backgrounds. She's also a passionate social and environmental activist. My reading with her was really illuminating. And as a generator, I love starting things and should wait until I get that stirring pelvic energy, kind of like that big, strong hell yes from the pelvis before I commit to things like creative endeavours. And that really rang true for me. I also can get tired and burnt out if I don't conserve energy as you've got this little internal motor which can keep running if you don't take time out. So there's plenty in there and even if you don't know you're a human design type, Kerry shares valuable insights for all of them Um, and she's also going to share in the show notes how you can find out your type and also how you can book a reading. Enjoy! So welcome, Kerry Bainborough. Kerry is a human design reader, and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Ellie. This has been a long time coming. Finally, we're getting to sit down, and I'm so excited to share about everything human design today. Oh, me too, me too. So I came aware of human design through a friend of mine, and she was like, oh my God, you've got to go and have a look at it. And suddenly, I want to start to have a look, and honestly, to start with, doing my own bit of research I thought god this is a lot of stuff how on earth am I going to manage to find my way through it first of all is it as complicated as it looks (laughs) it is quite complicated it is multi-layered human design it's made up of a whole bunch of different modalities from astrology to the I Ching system to quantum physics to the Kabbalah tree of life and it incorporates all these different healing modalities, some ancient um, and some modern and scientific, and it brings them all together. So it is very multi-layered. So it really, yeah, it, you can dive quite deep. Yeah, we get we start off with the energy types and then it gets deeper and deeper. And as you go along the journey, you can find specific things like your digestion. You can go into parenting. You can go into what sorts of jobs you should be doing. It can really get very in-depth. So yes, it is a lot of information. It's very multi-layered. Yeah, that's why readings are often 
so much more useful than actually yeah. going to try and do the research yourself or reading a book by yourself because the books can get quite confusing as well. Yeah. Um, there's just so much information. So when you actually sit with the reader, they can put everything into layman's terms for you and it can just settle um, yeah. and let it sink in much easier. But yeah, it is quite complicated. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's the beauty of working with a reader is just getting down to, to the nitty gritty of it really. So you and I had a reading with you. I think I was recommended by, oh, somebody else on Instagram. I can't think of her name right now. Vanessa, I think it was. Yes. Yeah, and I'd been looking for somebody and it was just weird that she that we would connect and then we've got a friend in common in the UK and it was like, bing! <laughs> and it was great to have that reading with you. And I remember at the beginning you said, so it depends on how much, how many questions you ask as to how much we would get through. And I was like, that's it. I'm not asking a single question and I want you to get through all of it. <laughs> so at the end you were like... Actually, I've got a bit of time for you if you've got any questions, because I was so determined not to <laughs> witter on and not get all the information. So my reading with you was brilliant. It was so in-depth and you gave me so much information. Then I got this great pack afterwards. So I was able to then read and, and digest it in my own time. One of the things that's really interesting that came up with was that you said I was a generator. And as a generator, there was issue around not or, or gen. You said that generators are, I think it's, is it hungry or like to metabolize a lot? And mm. that actually low fat diets and trying to restrict isn't a great idea. Intuitive eating mm. is the way forward. Mm. And mm. interestingly, I've been leading, been looking towards that. And I'm just about to start some work with a coach on intuitive eating. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Yeah, I it, mean, it was the ping I needed. <laughs> so good it's so funny how um so many clients get pings from sessions with me a little bit of confirmation on something that they were really thinking of yeah but yes intuitive eating for our sacral beings which are our generators and our manifesting generators is so important for all the energy types of course we all want to eat intuitively but for some reason generators and manifesting generators can often get deconditioned out of eating in touch with their appetite usually because they are born with quite big appetites sacral motor they have consistent access to sacral energy and that's that busy very busy life force workforce doing energy and so they are usually quite into their food and they love eating but then society says oh why are you having a second piece of cake why are you eating a second helping those well-meaning parents and teachers that say those things to us and then suddenly you think why am I eating so much? Like, what is wrong with the way I'm eating? Yeah. And then we start looking towards diets and restriction to try and fit in with the way everybody else eats. Mm. And that can actually end up making us frustrated, which is our not self-emotional theme as a generator and a manifesting generator. And that can actually end up biting us in the bum, really, because the more we restrict, the more we get frustrated, the more we actually then end up as I said in our reading, crawling down the stairs in the middle of the night, eating the whole tub of ice cream, because <laughs> we're so frustrated from all the restrictions. So yeah. yeah, for my sacral beings, generators and man gens, intuitive eating, um, eating when you're hungry, finishing when you're full, not letting it be too much of an obsession is just so much better for us. If we let it, it can take over our lives and we're not supposed to be obsessed with food. We're supposed to be out there playing, creating, bringing lovely things into the physical plane, working, doing our thing, inspiring others, magnetizing other to, others to us and wasting all that energy on food and diets is just not what we're here for. <laughs> so you talked about energy types. So you've got manifester, mm -hmm. manifesting mm -hmm. generator. What other types mm -hmm. have you got? 
Okay, so there's five energy types in human design. I like to divide them into two separate uh, groups. We have the sacral beings, so they have consistent access to that sacral energy, which is located over the reproductive organs. So it's all about passion and desire and being busy and just like a life force, workforce energy. So those are our generators and our manifesting generators, almost like they have a little generator in their pelvic area um, to keep them going. And they're our busy individuals. And then we've got the non-sacral beings who have those centers open. They don't have consistent access to that sacral energy. And those are our projectors, our reflectors, and our manifestors. And so manifesting generators and generators together make up about 60% of the population. Projectors make up about 20%, manifestors about 8%, and then reflectors are the rarest of all. They make up like 1%. Out of all my readings, and I've probably had... I'm thinking about maybe over 200 readings now. I've only ever done a reading for one reflector. And I literally was like, please can a reflector get hold of me? I want to do a reflector reading. (laughs) It's so hard to find. So yeah, yeah, they're very rare. But those are the five different energy types. Yeah. So why is the reflector so so rare? Their energy is completely open. Their body graph, if you look at your body graph, you would have seen there were a couple of energy centers colored in. Theirs is completely white which means on their whole chart, none of their gates have actually met up and formed a channel to light up those energy centers. Yeah, it's not often that happens where no gate meets up with its little partner and forms a channel. And that's why they're so rare. It's just, yeah, it's aligned with the stars. (laughs) The way they were born on a certain day just means those gates were not connecting to their their opposite gates. Mm. And what kind of character would they have then? And what kind of behaviors would be typical of a reflector? So reflectors are very open in their energy as well as their personalities. And what happens is because they take on so much energy from other from the other energy types, which they are obviously around all the time, they often really need to remember what their identity is. They can take on other people's ideas, other people's motivation, other people's sacral energy as well. And sometimes might feel like they're getting a little bit lost. Mm. And so it's very important for reflectors to understand that it's completely natural for them. They are people that kind of take on um, other people's stuff and energy. And that's what they're meant to do is actually reflect other people or reflect society's health back to us. They're actually in human design is said that every little village should have a reflector who shouldn't have to work or do anything crazy that they don't want to do, but just to reflect the health back of society back to mm-hmm. everybody else. Because if a reflector is sad or angry or you know unhappy or unhealthy, that means the people and the community that she or he is surrounded in is unhappy, sad, angry, or unhealthy. Mm. Um, So they really just absorb a lot. um, And a lot of their deconditioning process is trying not so hard to find that identity and just accepting that they are supposed to be people that take on everything around them and embracing that and seeing that as being a gift. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, that is the reflector. And then you've got the other two. Remind me of the other two. Remind me where the energy center is for the other two. Okay, the generator, the man gen, we've spoken about that's the sacral center. The manifesting generator is different to the generator as they have their throat center colored in and connected to the sacral through a line. So that makes them a manifesting generator. They have both the power of the manifester and the generator together. 
And then the manifesta has the closed throat center, which will be that brown, well, it's usually brown, but the square over the throat area. Yeah. And manifestors are really great with their communication. They're great with rallying up support behind them. And in turn, that helps them initiate and manifest things into being. Mm-hmm. So they have that lovely throat area. And it's usually, what it always is for a manifesto, connected to one of the motor centers. So heart, roots, sacral as well. Yeah. Um, and then the projector that we know that somebody's a projector because they obviously have the open sacral center and then they don't have any throat center connected to um, any motor center so it's like a process of elimination to find a projector but we know that they don't have the uh, closed sacral and we know they're usually not a manifesto because they don't have the closed throat um, Mm. connected to a motor center and they're obviously not a reflector because a reflector is completely white so that's how you tell all the different types from each other so it's all got to do on the chakra centers on the energy centers what's defined and what's not what energy has access what they have uh, what sorry what energy they have access to and what they don't yeah I guess then also there's going to be there's going to be yin and yang to both of those things. So where you've got um, lots of energy, you've got to be careful not to burn out the mm-hmm. areas where you don't have energy. You you're... explain that. How does that work? So I think what you're referring to is the energy centers. And obviously they can either be open. So they're white yeah. or they close as when they're colored in. And so obviously when they close, it means that we have inherent access to those energies. We are born with those energies in our bodies already. So for example, you had the closed identity, the closed sacral and the closed spleen. So those energies are strong in you. Identity, you've got a strong sense of self. You're here to empower others by being an individual, by embracing your identity, by yeah, by loving yourself. Yeah. Uh, you've got the closed so- sacral center, Ellie. So for you, you are connected to that life force, workforce energy. When you're passionate about something, Something, you can actually create more energy and you share that energy with other people you're off and you're literally magnetizing people to you when you're loving what you're doing creating more of that energy your spleen is closed and that also means then that you have consistent um, access to intuition and instinct as well um, so there's a lot of fear in that in that center but it is all about intuition so when those are closed those are really strong in us and we influence other people with those mm. energies it is it's the medicine that we share with other people well, hopefully it's medicine and not toxic <laughs> poison but it is how we influence other people especially if those centers are open in them so if you were around somebody who had an open identity center and maybe they had a tough time seeing who they really were they're really battling to find out what their identity was when they're around you, Ellie, they'd probably be inspired by your energy of embracing yourself as who you are, being like, well, this is me, this is Ellie, yeah. and this is what I do. And they'll be like, oh, look how lovely Ellie, like she just appreciates and embraces who she is. Maybe I can do yeah. that too. So that's the medicine you'll share with people with open energy centers. So they're there to take in um, and learn their lessons from having those open energy centers. You've got quite a few as well. And this just means this is where we are influenced by other people's um, energy. And we have to often put down borders boundaries boundaries, and learn to protect our own energy as well our open centers are our wisdom centers they're where we learn our lessons in life sometimes continuously throughout (laughs) i love that as well that what happened Um, the truth is around that is that until you deal with it you keep getting it over and over again the overbearing boss the i don't know family member without boundaries the people that are asking stuff Mm. from you all the time that you can never say no to they come over and over again until you heal it and then suddenly once you put boundaries in place it's yeah. Why didn't I do that before? 100%. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. So that's exactly what those open centers are for is learning to put down those boundaries, learning to be like, okay, I, I know I'm very influenced in this area, but it's time for me to be strong. It's almost like our spirit or our soul chooses these open centers to learn these lessons in this lifetime. Maybe we didn't learn them properly in the last lifetime. Maybe we need to yeah. do them again, but that's what it's here for. It's for us to learn those lessons. And that's why we call them the wisdom yeah. centers. Yeah. Those are the differences between the closed and the open centers. Closed centers, we influence others with our energies. Open centers, other people influence us with their energies and we learn to become wise and yeah. strong. By yeah. doing that. So what's the next one down? What's the next area? Is it profile? Profile, yes. Profile is like your personality or the character that your little soul or spirit has chosen to wear in this lifetime. There's 12 different profiles. So you could also liken them to the astrological signs yes. in terms of number. Yeah, because yeah, there are yeah. 12. And so it just takes the lines that the sun was in when you were born consciously and unconsciously. If you had to look at your body graph, it would be the top square on both the black and the red column, the unconscious and the conscious yeah. side. And it would be that little decimal point after the gate number. So there's usually a little picture of the yeah. symbol, then the gate, and then a decimal point. Uh, so mine is a five in my conscious side and a one in my unconscious side. And so that's what's lovely about human design is it brings our conscious, so the elements about ourselves that we're already aware of or we know about that we're conscious of, and our unconscious, yeah. which is usually the characteristics or the traits that other people see in us, but that sometimes we're so not aware of. Unless maybe what are your two sides? So I'm a five one. Yeah, I'm a five one and you're a six so, two. Explain what a five one is. <laughs> okay, so five one is a heretic investigator. Those are just archetype names. They sound very like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but really what it is, the five is all about being the challenge solver. They're all about researching. They love researching. They love problem solving. So people often look to them as having the answers, even sometimes when they don't. They just have this aura about them that people just think they know how to save them often called like the saviors yeah. as well uh, there can be a bit of mirroring with the fifth line because a lot of people reflect onto you things that they expect you to do that you're not aware of or that you might be unconscious yeah. of um, and then sometimes people will be like why aren't you doing that we thought you were that kind of person and you're like was I how, yeah. did, how did everybody know this about me I didn't think so and it can be quite a seductive profile line as well the five because Part of you can be very overwhelmed by, oh, everybody thinks I'm here to save the day and they're all looking to me for answers. And I don't know, like, oh, I'm paddling furiously trying to keep up with everybody's expectations. Yeah. But then on the other side, it can be quite seductive. I mean, oh, everybody thinks I know answers. <laughs> they all think I know what I'm talking about. And you got to like try and live up to that reputation almost. Yeah. So that's the fifth line. It's conscious for me. And I've been, yeah, I feel like I've been very conscious of this my whole life. I was head girl at school and I was a swimming captain and prefect and everybody always used to come to me with their problems. Yeah. And so I really relate to that. And then my un unconscious side is the profile line one. Um, that is the little investigator, also known as the inquisitive. And that is just literally little, they just love investigating. They feel very... They very much need to feel safe and they need a solid foundation of knowledge yes. on whatever it is they're interested in or studying. They really want to research everything. My husband has this one as his conscious line. And oh my gosh, the man is always on Google. I'm like, what are you doing? 
he's always studying reading papers and articles yeah. and I just actually can't keep up obviously in the things he's interested in yeah he'll often say to me oh I hate reading I don't know how you sit there reading a book and I'm you're literally reading all day long but well, you were talking <laughs> about that though weren't you? you were saying that about yourself yeah. you were saying that that you've been mm. investigating different types of other works similar things to human design and I was like but but mm. human design's your thing and you're like oh man <laughs> this is just the beginning <laughs> there's so no, much that to is learn the funny thing yeah yeah, I promise you, like I'm right now, I'm desperate to start studying something again. I thought that I would be doing level three and four, but it hasn't been announced yet from my lecturer that we that I did it with last year. So we'll see what happens there. But I'm suddenly very interested into in, in all sorts of different things. I really want to get my energy healing course done, my Reiki done. I'm very interested in astrocartography, obviously not for me to read it, but I've been like delving into that. I love astrology as well. Yeah the Kashuk records, all these sorts of things. Like I ideally would love to be a psychotherapist that does all of these yes. things as well. And how much time have I got left to live? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I guess as well, exactly. again, I, mean, I think that what you're doing is that as you're learning more about yourself, you're able to give that wisdom to other people. And it just, the more you're mm. able to help other people, the more you're helping yourself as well, because you're absolutely in your zone. A hundred percent. And that's, the, my number one favorite thing about human design was that it afforded me the freedom to accept myself for who I am and be like, okay, I am like this and I'm now going to grab the bull by the horns and just go for yes. it because I was very, yeah, before I found out I was a manifesting generator, I always felt so guilty that I wasn't mastering anything in life. Like the pure generators, they usually master something. It might take them a while, but they'll do it. And for me, I look at my friends and a lot of them, they studied to be a doctor or they studied to be a marketer or business economics. And that's what they're doing now. That's their job. And they've climbed up the corporate ladder and they've bought a house, maybe a few houses like on their second house and cars. And I was always like doing different things. Yeah. And I wasn't really concerned about mastering everything. I always was just like, oh, my sacral is loving this right now. I want to go do that. And, you know, I did the moon journals for women. I did that mm. for a while. I the cookbook. I... Yeah, I was telling you earlier, I worked in the wedding industry and love that as well. And I've just always been following and I get bored of things. Yeah. <laughs> My sacral runs out of the passion and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. What else can I do? And so I felt very guilty about that, that I hadn't mastered anything. And then when I had my uh, human design done, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be doing this. Yes. I'm a speedy little, yeah, I'm a speedy little creator. I'm supposed to love something, whether it's for two months, two years, 10 years, but it's okay when I run out of passion for that, yes. it's okay for me to put it down, yeah. sell the business, pass it on to somebody else, go back to varsity, study again. Yeah. And I was just like, yes. And since I've been doing that, honestly, I feel so much in alignment. I feel so empowered. I don't feel guilty. I'm like, if I get bored of human design, that's fine. I'll move on to something else. It's not the end of the world. And for me, that's huge. For years, a bloody Instagram profile bio. Oh, what are you? How many times have you written it? <laughs> what am I? I don't know. Don't put me in a box. <laughs> and that is literally what manifesting generators are here to do is they're not supposed to live a linear life. They're supposed to live a non-linear life. And by doing so, encourage the generators and the projectors um, and the reflectors and the manifestors that they can also live a life outside the box, that they can drop that job when it's no longer igniting up their passion. For us, it just happens much easier. We can't force ourselves when we're bored. But we also inspire the other energy types to do that in their own lives as well. And so that's what's lovely is yeah. everybody helps each other grow and yeah. learn. Yeah. Also, it's really yeah. interesting, I think, because when you understand a little more about it, you understand who maybe those types are in your friendship group, in your mm -hmm. family. 
I've got, yes, I've exactly. realized that I've got two projectors and my, my, both my sons are projectors. So they're waiting oh, for wow. the invitation. Is that right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And so that's their strategy. Yeah. yeah so they're <laughs> waiting for the invitation. And I noticed this. It's, I'll often be going, hey, why don't we do this? Or why don't you try that? And then they're like, oh, okay, then yeah, I will. And we'll go off and do it. <laughs> my eldest son recently just got a, a job working. He's 18. He got a job working in a local, lovely um, fish restaurant. And he was, mm-hmm. we'd been applying for tons of jobs and he was like, not really going to go out there and find one. I ended up talking mm-hmm. to one of the guys that worked there when I went there for lunch with friends and the invitation was there. He went, he yeah. loved it. Oh, amazing. But then, but I feel like it's like with, with the projectors, it's almost like leading the horse to water. Like, <laughs> Come on. But that is wonderful that you are helping him almost see that already. Yes. Because a lot of projectors, and keep encouraging that. Yes. Keep encouraging him to wait for the invitation because a lot of projectors, they are inherently, all projectors, they're inherently wise. They are born with a little bird's eye view of the world. Mm. They really like know, they're here to bring efficiency. They're here to design new systems of beings. They're here to help us. They're here to bring order to the chaos, really. The projectors, are they're so beautiful. I love projectors. They are the newest energy type. They were born towards the late 1700s. So when technology started coming around and industrial revolution, and suddenly, as other energy types, manifestors were usually the kings and the queens and the leaders and the army generals. And the rest of us were just worker bees. Like we were there just tending the fields and going to war. And then suddenly we were afforded this chance now to go and work in factories or teach yes. or go sew or whatever it was. So projectors were born to guide all the other energy types to follow their passions. And that's why they have an open sacral center. Mm. They can read and taste our passion and our desires. So often we're running around. We don't actually, we often can't see the wood for the trees and the projectors will be like, I've noticed that you really love children. Have you ever thought about working with teach, like being a teacher? And they will encourage things in us and and help us see things. But a lot of them, because they are so inherently wise and they do know a lot and a lot of them, they just instinctively know what's right and how things should be. And if they aren't encouraged to wait for the invitation, they can sometimes end up giving unsolicited advice or sticking their nose. If they come up and try and tell people what to do or how to live their lives, often that can end up being a little bit of a repelling energy for those people. Mm. Generators, manifesting generators, it's almost like we need to ask the projector, like, I've seen you so good at seeing what other people are good at. Can you tell me what am I good at? Or what do you think I should be doing? Mm-hmm. So the more that you can encourage him to wait for the recognition and to wait for the invitation, the more he will live in alignment with his energy. And the people that do approach him and give him those invitations will be ready for his advice and to work with him and I'm to take on his energy as well. Yeah. So yeah, I love that you're supporting that already in his life and encourage him to keep doing that, waiting for that recognition. Yeah and for that invitation and my other son <laughs> it was very interesting I did a course during lockdown and I had to ask the people that knew me that part of the one of the challenges that we or little pre-course things that we did little challenges that we did was to ask people five things about you what would they say your characteristics are and my youngest mm-hmm. son came up with they were amazing as in creative impatient <laughs> like totally my parents would have said about me <laughs> They observe all the time. They literally just see things differently. Yeah. They're watching all the time. They just know what's going on. They are incredible. <laughs> Honestly, I love doing readers readings for projectors because I just feel out of all the energy types, when they feel seen and they yes. are like, oh my gosh. And it's like, 
implementing such basic things into their life that they can now be aware of, that they can change in their lives. A lot of my projectors are like, yeah, people don't like it when I ask advice, when I tap them on the table and excuse me, can you please be doing that? And I'm like, yeah, because you need to wait for that recognition. And when you do, they want to take on that advice so much more wholeheartedly. So yeah, I definitely feel projectors are often the most um, misunderstood energy type in their Mm -hmm. lives. And they're often the energy type that I feel the most feel like they're constantly bashing their head into a wall and they're trying so hard. And a lot of projectors will live their 20s as manifesting generators. So they will be trying, they'll be taking on that sacral energy in their sacral area. Because it's more acceptable. It's easier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they'll be like, oh, I have to be busy like everybody else. And I'll be, they'll be climbing the corporate ladder. And then bang, they get to Saturn Returns, age 29, 30. And they often end up just like having an all fall down where they get anxiety or burnout because they have inconsistent energy. Their energy is not as strong and powerful as the, the sacral beings. Yeah. And so that's yeah. often when they need to take a step back and be like, okay, I need to reassess my life. A lot of them, I've, I've had a projector client who, who actually got breast cancer at the age of 31 and had to, she had a high powered lawyer, uh, work for a high power lawyer legal firm in New York and she had to literally take off two years of work and now she's coaching with her own time projectors Mm -hmm. really I don't want to tell people what to do but out of all the energy types like projectors really need to manage their time efficiently and they're only supposed to work for three hours a day it says on the human design (laughs) anything more than that especially like intense work yeah really tire them out but they can do a lot in those three hours but then they really do need to rest and inspire themselves creatively as well. My teenage boys are not going over the three hours. I think they would absolutely agree with that. Yeah, exactly. I know. I, I get my projector clients are always. Can you put that in a note for my boss, please? <laughs> um, yeah. I usually just say it's fine. Work your three hours. Either separate those three hours, but do your hard stuff, like the slog, the stuff we hate doing, whether that's client calls or emails. We all have stuff that we find hard. And then like, for the rest of the day, hang around the water cooler. Maybe go for a walk in the park. Have a long lunch. <laughs> inspire yourself creatively. Look at amazing websites online or books or whatever it is. Mm. But yeah, they really, they need to be very careful with their energy. Yeah. Little dear projectors. So I love doing their readings because it's very important yes. for them to know. Yeah. So you talked about how that can play into parenting. And then I guess also that plays into relationships. So are there relationship Mm. types then that are really good together or is it less about your energy center and more about your profile? Profile. Yeah. Which? Yeah. (laughs) So honestly, to be, I think most energy types can um, get along with each other or live together as long as they're aware of their energy. Yeah. So for example, generator dating a projector or married to a projector. I wouldn't advise sleeping in the same bed every night. I know it sounds really bad, but the open energy will take on that sacral energy all night. The projector will be taking on the, the generator's sacral energy. So I would recommend they sleep apart a couple of nights a week if possible, or one goes to bed before the other one. Doesn't mean your sex life is going to shit. I mean, you can always still do that at other times. <laughs> But really the sleeping part of it needs to sometimes be done separately. But other than that, as long as we all understand each other's energy type and support each other, I think it's fine. But yeah, when we look into our profiles, it usually helps if we have a line or two in common. Mm. I'm a 5'1", my husband's a 5'1". Although I'd always thought we'd have nothing in common when we first met each other. (laughs) It actually turns out we really do. And he's also a manifesting generator with sacral authority. So we have a lot in common. Yes. Um, So yeah, normally one or both of those profile lines in common helps you. It just means you look at life at the same way. Yeah. And then also 
Another thing that makes us physically attracted or sexually attracted to other people is if we have opposite hanging gates. So this might be confusing, but if you look at your body graph, there are those gates that have a half line hanging out. Yeah. Um, the, the channel is when those two gates meet up together and there's a line between two energy centers. But when there's a half line, we say that gate is a hanging gate. And often if we look at our partner's charts, they will have the opposite hanging gate to that gate. Mm. And that's actually what physically attracts us to them. Because when we are together, we complete that energetic circuit and it's literally like we complete each other. Yes. Um, so that's often how we are physically and sexually attracted to other people is through those hanging gates. But yeah, in terms of compatibility, it's, you know, it doesn't matter. We don't have to be exactly the same, but usually a profile line or two in common helps a lot. And then just really when I do readings for partners, it's just helping them be aware of each other's energy and their traits and how to hold space for that and support that. Mm. Um, the one channel that you have, I think I spoke to you about that in your reading, is the channel of exploration. And I wish I'd known when I first started dating my husband, that because he also has this channel, that this is really important for him, that he has to master life by doing what he loves. This is the same as you, Ellie. Anytime yeah. that he engages his energy in something that, you know, something he doesn't want to be doing or people he doesn't want to be around, it literally is unhealthy for him. And when we first started dating, we would get invited to dinner parties or to barbecues and he would, I'd be like, yeah, we'll be there. See you. And then I'd be like, we're going to um, Sally's house tonight. And he would be sorry, like, Sally. No, not. <laughs> no, sorry, Sal. <laughs> sorry, Sally and Rob. <laughs> and, and he would be like, no, I'm not. And I'd say, yes, you're going. Yeah. I've made the salad and we're going to their house. And he's no. He's like, I've had a, I've had a hard work at, a week at work and I'm going to stay at home and watch TV and relax with the dogs. Yes. And I would be horrified. I'd be like, oh my God, now I have to go by myself. And I used to be so resentful. And then when I did his charts, I was like, oh, no wonder. Literally, it's unhealthy for you guys to go to parties or to places where you don't want to go. If you'd rather be at home doing something else, it's important that you honor that. You have to be very strong in your convictions mm. with that channel. So if I had known that a long time ago, I would have forgiven him that and supported him that. But I felt a lot of resentment about that for a while. Yeah, so, yeah. I definitely understand that. I, I know about it in, in work when you're creating it over the years when I've been doing things. Or they felt like a good idea at the time. They worked for a while and then when they didn't work, just changing them up. And mm. it's amazing how by changing up the energy, by saying, I'm, well, I'm not going to do that in the same way anymore. I'm not going to say yes to that. Suddenly mm. it meant that not only was I not doing the work that I didn't enjoy in the same way anymore, that I'd also created space for new opportunities and things that were exactly. more aligned. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And uh, were people supportive of that? Yeah, because I think what happens is, is that when you're living in alignment, then everybody mm. else is like, I think I might do that too. I don't know why <laughs> I've been doing it any other way for all this time. But that's yeah, really interesting, actually, is that talking about being in alignment, about really when you understand your type, when you understand your chart, and this kind of gets me excited because I just feel the electricity going through this, this understanding and this truth, really, is that when you really mm. understand yourself and you realize that, hey, I might be somebody that's really good at starting things, just not finishing mm. them. And instead yeah. of this like old dialogue, which you've been carrying in your gut forever, mm. oh, you always start things, you never complete them. And mm. just think and feel frustrated. Once you realize that you are the person in the room, in the village, who is the starter, the fire starter, exactly. the one that's going to fire everybody up, literally. And then you're going to go away once you've done your stuff and rest. And then the people that don't have the ideas that then can come in and really yeah. fulfill the brief and be yeah. meticulous for the detail. And then there's people that can come in and close things and wrap them up. Mm. There is somebody for all of those parts. And when we understand that we don't have to be all things to all people. Exactly. 
Oh, that's what I love about human design because it is so individual because it's multi-layered. There's so many different degrees of separation between us all with human design. It's not just like your astro sign. It's so gates and channels and energies and authorities. And it shows us how different we are. But at the same time, it shows how we can all work together as one big organism and how we can all support each other. And it's so funny. I remember as a kid, being told by teachers or people like very you know they were meaning well saying oh we're all good at different things there's something for everybody in the world and you think no we are all supposed to be like doctors or lawyers or whatever but now it's actually true when you see it in everybody's charts like some people as you said are really good at starting things and they are great project starter uppers yeah uh, i can't think of the word right now what it is yeah and then i get other people who hate starting things and they literally have that gate of finishing things or a need to analyze before they move on and they literally say things like I love getting involved in a project that's already started because I really battle to have the energy to start things. And I'm the opposite. I'm like, you, yeah, I love starting things. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so there literally are other people out there who are here to complete the projects or manage the projects and who actually like doing that. Yeah. Um, so it's been amazing for me to, to see it in a chart and to see it in real time. Like this is, we are all so different and we are all here to support each other. And there's a place for absolutely every single one of us, which is just, Ooh. yeah, mind-blowing, amazing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How did you find human design to start with? How did you come across it? So it's a funny story. About two years ago, I was looking into studying something different. My little girl was about a year old and I'd been doing freelance social media content creation for a couple of years. And I just had enough of social media. I was like, I just want to, I don't want to be scrolling through social media and managing Mm. other people's accounts and selling people things that they maybe don't need. And so I was looking to study something that would be interesting for me and also something that I could do to help other people I've always really wanted to help other people like for me I still wanted to stay wide and study psychology but anyway so I was looking into astrology at the time I was really into that I was working with an astrologist on my Luna Lafemme moon journals and I was yeah I was just trying to find the right course and funnily enough within the same week two friends of mine who are both projectors messaged me and said, what is your human design? What is your human design? And I I was like, what are they talking about this human design? I'm I'm an Aquarian. What are you talking about? I'm a seven Enneagram. Don't bring me this stuff. Um, And they kept on asking me and rashing me. And eventually I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And so I obviously I did it and I found out I was a manifesting generator. And then I started listening to the podcast. I went full on inquisitive, number one, investigator mode. I was reading, researching podcasts. (laughs) So whose podcast did you follow? Whose podcast were you listening to? So at that time, it was To Be Magnetic. And it was, I think, a first ever episode. And she She talks a lot about it. Yeah, so it was through her and it was her first interview interviewee was Jenna Zoe who's actually my teacher now I trained and I did my my readership course through her and so I was like oh I felt so seen and then I was like maybe I should look into human design like being a human design reader there's no one in South Africa that does it that I knew at the time but I knew I was a manifesting generator and I knew that I needed to respond and I needed to obviously make sure my gut feeling was very excited which it was it was way more excited about human design than it had been about astrology so I needed something to respond to. Yeah. And I, I, literally, I was like, how am I going to find something to respond to? Nobody knows about it here. It's not going to come up in conversation. Come up in my emails. There's not going to be an advertisement in my newspaper. Like, where's this thing to respond to going to come from? <laughs> and so one morning I was taking a walk and I was listening to that podcast again. Or it was a different one. Either way, it was Jenna Zoe, who's my teacher now. Yeah. And... 
Uh, I do this every morning. I, I listen to a podcast and I just happened to be listening to her that morning. And as I was walking, I got a text message um, from my godmother who lives across the country, like 12 hours away. And I don't hear from her very often. Honestly, Christmas, birthdays, Easter. And uh, she just said to me, hello, my darling. I found this beautiful cookbook in the SPCA shop, <laughs> which is like the charity shop in this little <laughs> farm village in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And she's cooked a couple of uh, meals from it. I think you'll love it. It's your style. I tried to order it for you in South Africa, but I can't find it anywhere. Maybe just send this picture to your mom-in-law when she comes over from the UK, she can bring it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, gosh, opened up the picture and it was a cookbook written by Jenna Zoe. <laughs> I was no way. In my, I promise you, in my ears at the same time. And I was like, this is no, this can't be the same woman. Quickly it Googled the it. the same woman. Yes. Sure She's as God made you. Yeah, sure as God made little green apples, Jenna Zoe had written a cookbook like I had. And plus, obviously, she was in my ears. I was li literally listening to her voice at the same time. And I thought, oh, oh I there's no that. ways. <laughs> this yeah. is something to respond to. And so from that moment, I got home, invested the money. I started reading more. I bought the books. I listened to even more podcasts. I did the course. And I started, obviously, doing free readings for my friends and family to practice. And yes. then I started doing it for money. And then it's just obviously grown and grown since then. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for sharing. You've given everybody a really good sort of like overview. I know that it's a really difficult thing to share mm. in any great depth when we're talking loosely and there's so many nuances to it. Mm. So tell me, how can people um, book a reading with you? What's the best way to get in touch with you? So the best way to get in touch with me is probably to email me. It's hello at kerrybainborough.com. Hopefully Ellie will link yeah. us in the show notes because my surname is really long. <laughs> Um, otherwise, I'm on Instagram at Kerry Bainborough. You could always DM me there. And yeah, that's probably the two best ways to get hold of me. Yeah. <laughs> I love your Instagram as well. And I love the fact that you started doing these um, little focuses on famous faces. So yeah. you recently did one on Lady Diana. Yeah. You did one on Paris Hilton, I think on Oprah. And it's so interesting when you share their human design so much of what, particularly in the, what we see in the public eye, even in those glimpses, in that narrow view that we get, you can mm. see so many of those similarities really right. makes sense, particularly the one about um, Lady Diana. Yeah, really, that was so interesting when I, it's so funny, like I'll just look at somebody or I'll spend time with somebody and I'll just, I just have to know their human design. And so when yeah. I saw Lady Diana's and I've, I've been obsessed with her for a long time, but for some reason... My Netflix has just been, the algorithm has just been giving me net, uh, Lady Di documentaries lately. And I was like, I wonder what a human design is. And it just made so much sense when I saw her chart. Um, and so I was putting it all together. But yeah, I've done Oprah, Paris Hilton as well. When I watched her new documentary on YouTube last week, I was just, I, yes. I knew she was an Aquarian like me, but I was just like, she must be a manifesting generator. She's got so much on the go all the time. She's a DJ and she's got makeup brands and clothing brands and running around the yeah. world and I was like oh and sure as Bob she was a manifesting generator so it's so interesting I think I'm going to do David Attenborough next <laughs> oh yes <laughs> I'm obsessed with him I'm obsessed with him <laughs> absolutely oh thank you so much Kerry it's been such a joy and if you haven't had your human design reading I urge you go and get it done you won't regret it thank you so much Ellie for having me it's been such a joy to chat with you again and engage with your lovely bubbly energy it's so much fun thank you thank you <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. Your feedback means the world to me so do please take a moment to rate and review the episode. You'll find a handy link in these show notes. If you'd like to get in touch with Kerry and book your own reading, you can find her on Instagram as at Kerry Bainborough. 
and via her website wearethewildflowers.co.za. If you'd like to contact me, you can find me on Instagram too at at underscore Ellie Loves and at my website ellieloves.com. And if you'd like to stay in touch, sign up to my newsletter where you'll receive new episodes, playlists, musings and details of upcoming events and classes. Big love.